he got the word to work on the Tupac song, which was the Rose. We recorded it at my spot. I was able to meet a Feeny, it was amazing. She looked at me, she was like, are you Chista? And I was like, yeah. She just kept looking at me saying, hot, hot. Independently, I have over 10 albums, and I believe if any one of these albums would have been mainstream, then this conversation would be different because of the longevity and what I've done throughout the course of the years of being a complete all-around hip-hop musician. I'm gonna I'm say musician, not an artist, because I'm, I'm all of that. I'm a musician, I'm a yeah. producer, hip-hop artist. Are you a music artist trying to find a way to get your music on as many streaming platforms as possible? Then check out DistroKid. DistroKid is a super user-friendly and super easy to use service that will make your music available in stores like Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon Music, YouTube, Snapchat, everything. Everything you could imagine, it's available. People will even be able to add your songs into their Instagram stories. DistroKid helps you with the distribution, monetization, and promotion of all of your music. Use the link in the description of this video for 7% off any DistroKid package you want. Pick from musician packages designed to help artists get their own music out there, or even get a label package where you can manage up to 100 artists from one profile. So that's more for like managers, labels, and you can also get the musician package that I mentioned earlier, which is more for artists, producers, things like that. It's super easy, and you can get 7% off any package right now with the link in the description of this video. So once again, drilling for a way to get your music on as many streaming platforms as possible. I'm talking any platform you can think of. Get DistroKid and get 7% off right now with the link in the description back to the program my guest today has worked with music powerhouses like swiss beats bone thugs and harmony and afini shakur he survived hurricane katrina and has been an important part of the rap music scene for decades please welcome gista to the podcast how are you doing today thank you thank you for having me thanks a lot man i am good yeah thanks so much for coming on i mean even in just like the little bit of research i was doing to get ready for this your career seems like like you've done so much you've been in the game for so long but going way back to the very start what was sort of your first experience with music like or what made you find a passion for it well first of all i gotta give a big 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 part of that to my uncle carl marshall shout out to carl marshall he's been my mentor you know coming in as a kid, I was introduced to this thing as a kid, man. Uh, remember, he used to come around and he had a little uh, Yamaha beat machine at the time, and he used to always put it down. He always find me messing with it, filling around with it till one. He never tried to keep me away from it. He was like, "Hey, you like that, huh?" And he gave it to me one day as a kid, and then you know, maybe a two or three years later, I got a little older. Maybe about at that time, like eleven years old, he opened up a recording studio in New Orleans at the time it became one of the cornerstones for all the musicians that, you know, was inspiring to be, you know, make records or cut records at this time. But my uncle having a reputation in the, in the music business, you know, from the early seventies and stuff like that, you know, a lot of people knew of him and he's, it started out as a summer job, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it started out as a summer job and I was really hustling to buy a Super Nintendo at this time <laughs> as a kid, I was a kid. And I always was inspired by rap, always loved rap music as a little kid. You know, my sister put me on, you know, um, and it just trickled down to me starting to learn the equipment and learning what I was doing. We had a big, big, big wall of vinyls from the early 70s to the 80s to the 90s at the time. And, you know, all of these records was stuff that I grew up on. I went back and did my research on some of these artists like Parliament, Sly and the Family Stone, all of the funk bands like the Funky Needers and all of those type of artists. So, uh, you know, and, and it really just started out just crafting samples here and there and, you know, coming up with these great beats and this is something I just found a passion for. I got really good at it. Very yeah. good. Yeah, awesome. It, it, it must have been great from like a young age having, you know, a studio experience like being able 
being able to like you said like get your hands on all this equipment like be yes. in a studio setting things like that so if, if music was sort of really present in your life from a young age was there anything else you were thinking of pursuing or doing or was it music from the start I think I would have probably became a sports you know the sports I played a lot of sports growing up football basketball I had a passion for boxing you know I used to study boxes and stuff like that um so maybe I could have been a great boxer one day I don't know <laughs> um you know, and really just really no direction at the point, you know, when you were growing up, you know, growing up in, you know, not saying that I grew up under poverty or anything like that, a poverty stricken area. But then again, I grew up in the trenches, you know, and, you know, just learning how to survive and trying to find a hustle. I started cutting hair, you know, just different things to find a way to make a, a couple of dollars. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Music, music is, became a primary thing because I was even making money as a kid recording guys that was like me you know that wanted to be inspired to rap i would make their beats and record them and charge them 100 200 at 16 years old yeah. and stuff like you, that. you were in a more like producer role yeah because i am a producer you know what i mean yeah. the whole thing about me is that i'm a producer first i always want to cater that okay. first because like my studio night right now is a production studio you know i got two keyboards, three beat machines here, you know, I'm a producer. So, yeah. you know, once I, but I always had this sensational rhyme scheme, you know, I know how to rap. I just know how to yeah. rap. I was influenced by it, you know, and it was, became a part of my lifestyle. You know, it became a part of me and by me making my own beats and knowing how to rap, that was just a plus plus win-win all around the board. You know what I mean? So it was yeah. good. Awesome. And so, finding like the talent being able to rap was that something that just came naturally to you or was it because you're around rappers and musicians all the time and learning from that i think it came natural it was because i was a kid trying to rap before the studio mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i was inspired by run dmc was one of my favorite rap groups of all time and LL Cool J and all these great, great, great MCs, big daddy came rock him you know i come from the 80s era yeah you know and I grew up, uh, so these guys was my superheroes. When Yo MTV Raps first premiered on uh, MTV, I saw that. I recorded it in a VHS tape. So yeah, I, I was very, yeah, man, I was very much yeah. into it. Hey, if you're like me and you're interested in the YouTube or creator space, you should check out the Publish Press. The Publish Press is a completely free newsletter founded by YouTubers Colin and Samir. They host their own podcast talking to some of YouTube's largest creators. They've edited some of the best content I've seen on YouTube, and now they're sharing their knowledge about the YouTube space with you for free. The published press comes out three times a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, with everything going on with your favorite creators and platforms. And like I said, it's completely free. Just enter your email address to receive the published press whenever it comes out, and that's it. So what are you waiting for? Click the link in the description below, sign up to the Publish Press, and get all the info you need on the industry. When you started really pursuing music producer, like when you started to release original stuff, uh, mm -hmm. you come up with the name Gista. How did that come up? How did you figure it out? Were there other names that you tried before? What can you tell us about the name? Uh, um, and actually, Gista came from my neighborhood. Uh, once again, I was the neighborhood producer at the time. I was the one making the beats. I was good yeah. at it. They loved my neighborhood, even to this day. Everybody, they love. They look at me like I blew up and, you know, very inspired by my, my talents and what I've done through the course of the decades, you know. As they see me grow up as a little kid doing this, you know, they was just like, make gangster beats. Gangster, you know, it was just hard. So I, I took on to the name and not because I'm a gangster individual. Of course, I got a side of me that is pretty, yeah. pretty gang, you know, a revolutionary or whatever. Um, but, you know, I used it for greatness. You know, Gista don't just have to stand for gangster. It can stand for greatness. God, you know, a God, you know, uh, generous, you know, all of these other great, magnificent Gs that you got out there that you can refer to. But, you know, I just, I just took on the name and created this guy and, and you know, this guy is a, a very, very realistic person. You know, Gista is a very, very realistic person. 
Um, because I always think it's alter ego and then there's Sean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Myself. Yeah. So, you know, he's the, he's the artist, he's the producer, he's the renegade, he's the revolutionary, he's the freedom fighter, a freedom fighter, you know, in honor of MLK Day, you know. Um, you know, he's 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 the MC, you know, he's the cool guy, he's the suave guy, he's the ladies' man, you know, he's all of that, you know, and yeah. And that's Gista, you know, but he's also authentic. He's, you know, he's street, he's urban, he's, you know, he's, he want to get gutter, he can get gutter. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, yeah. just, just, just one of those things, you know, just yeah. being straight up and, about it. And if you, if you sort of make an effort to separate, like, you know, Sean, the person, and Gista, the music artist, the producer, do you sort of find yourself needing to, like, get into a certain headspace when you're being creative or making music or does that sort of just come naturally? Good question. Um, Cause I'm in that place right now. That's why it's just a, such a profound question. I'm in an album mode right now and I got all this time, you know, to kind of understand what I'm trying to do. I'm like, you know, my video took off in the classic status. We did something very special for the hip hop 50th anniversary going out of 2023 the response was crazy it went crazy with the numbers um and i see what they want i see what they expect from me and my, all of my, my original supporters and stuff it just was a glory day for them because i actually had took a step back for for maybe about three years or four you know try to get situated with with other things because then like i said once again they go to sean in me branched off into other careers you know, outside of music. Yeah. So, you know, became very successful in that too. But, you know, being in a headspace with it, I already know what kind of direction I want to go. And I know what kind of rackets I want to make. And I know how I want to come across on this project that I'm getting, this body of work that I'm getting ready to deliver. So yeah, and answer your question, yeah, I have to get in a certain headspace to really, really channel in. Now, most of the time, you know, you just get in here and just, just do it, you know, and just kick it and make make good records, you know, and it just comes naturally. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, you gotta get in a certain right now, I'm in a certain headspace right now with this with this project. So to answer your question, yes. Good question. Yeah. yeah. And good question. thanks. And uh so for you know, other producers, rappers, just music artists in general, if there's mm. someone else who like thinks they wanna get into it, start a career, what tips or advice would you give to them? Make sure you got your business intact. Learn a business because there is ways that you can eat out of this business. And if you can only, and also business, the, having a business sense about it going to also give you your direction of yeah. where you need to be, what you need to be aiming for. You know what I'm saying? Um, but learn a business first. Learn your position, what you're supposed to get learn how you're supposed to get it and also learn your 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 equipment you know like for producers you know find your tools you know always have your own tools um make sure you you get acquainted with what the stuff that you create with and, and, you know you know the ins and out of it and do your yeah. research because they got youtube out here and all these different resources that these different platforms that you can get this information from and it makes you a greater, makes you a great, great, great. Because they had way more, they got way more out here now than when I oh, started. Yeah. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> I, started, I started in the early 90s, so we was hands-on. We had real, real tapes and modules and, you know, racks and stuff like that. But now it's all computerized. I watched the elevation of computers coming into the studio. Oh, yeah. um, I was a part of that, you know, as a kid. Yeah, that's... As, that yeah. I'm sure you have an interesting view on that. What was that like? Like as your career goes on and progresses, like the the music industry as a whole is almost like evolving and growing. So like you God. you start where you're you know recording on VS VHS tapes, and now right. like you got LED lights in the studio. You're producing everything on a computer. What was that seeing that transformation firsthand like? Man, let me tell you, so it was exciting at the beginning because computer, we we always like, 
But I'm gonna tell you this too. Computers makes it a little bit more uh, easier to digest. Let me use that word. Yeah. But, but the way that I grew up in the way that I know the sound, uh, the older way is much feels much better. I'm a person of feeling. It, so it, it, it's something that you feel like this. This is how you learn to do it. So it just comes that's what you know how to do and the computers feel like you're needing to learn that's one thing up. that's one thing because the computers made it easier to like for us editing and stuff and, and like you know instead of on a, on a reel to reel you have to punch it in if you had to do it over you know but on editing you could go in there and you could clean it up and you could chop it and you could put it to how you really wanted yeah. to put it but 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 from from the old school you have to punch in and get that right off play that over, play the whole drum track over, whatever. But today in, in, in a computerized era, it makes it much easier, much, much, much easier. It is so easy, you know what I mean? Um, but I'm more keen on sound. So the digital sound, is nothing wrong with the digital sound right now, but like the stuff that I have is digital, but you still would kind of consider it, you know, analog because it's 24 bit. And that sound quality is a warm sound. So my beats are going to sound a little bit more fuller, a little bit more bigger coming out of here versus if I was to mix it in uh, Pro Tools or Cubase or even yeah. Logic or anything like that. You know, it, it, it's still a clean sound coming out of those, those softwares. Don't get it wrong. But I have hardware where I can touch it and, you know, go up and down yeah. with the knobs and stuff like that. And it gives it a better feel. And plus the sound is 24 bits. So it's a bigger, warmer sound that comes out with the stuff that I'm doing. And I still can mix it with the digital stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, it, you it's, have, it's really good. Yeah, you have both sides of it. Like if, if yes, you want a digital side, sound, if you want, you know, logic, then you can do that. But you Absolutely. tend to go with the 24 bits. Nice. And yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, when you master things down and you get it mastered, now I'm getting really technical in the studios. This is the producer that you're talking to now. So when yeah, you really, when you really master it and you get it mastered and stuff, you're going to hear all the other things. Is it going to be mixed technically? You know, it's going to be mixed digitally, like, you know, with the digital sound and stuff like that. So you're still going to get a, a best of both worlds all in one project, which is going to make it gigantic. You know, I'm trying to make records that's going to sound this big 20 feet tall because when you people don't really know like the difference in breaking these records they just know a good beat and good hook and good lyrics and whatever yeah. good melody which is great right but in a in a in a musician's mind we listening for something different we listening for the sound how that yeah. kicks how hard is that snare snapping there where's the hi-hats at where's the melody with the bass because we might, I would have said, I would have panned the keys to the right a little bit and panned the hi-hats to the left and just to make the stuff sound just completely wide. It's a whole yeah. different type of, you know, thing you're listening for when you're in production. So that's, that's I'm keen on that, on the sound more than yeah. anything. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. And so you go through your career and eventually you you have a hand in helping make uh Tupac's The Rose too. What was your involvement like for that? Or what was that moment like for you in general, <laughs> like working on such a big name project? Right. Um, it was a blessing, man. Um things happened really, really fast. Uh, shout out to Bone Thugs and Harmony because, you know, I had lived right across the road in in Atlanta, Georgia. I moved to Atlanta in 03 from New Orleans and stayed there from 03 to 07. Of course, we know Hurricane Katrina hit right in 05, right in between. Yeah. Um, so, um, I lived across the street from the Performing Arts Center, the Maru Shakur Performing Arts Center, where Afini Shakur was hands-on with the center at the time, along with Aunt Gloria. Shout out to Aunt Gloria. Um, you know, I went over there one day and just was like, yo, hey, I'm such and such, and I stay right over here. Guys, I got a studio over here, you know, because I had a studio in my apartment at the time yeah. in Atlanta and the Stone Mountain to be exact. And, you know, I was like, if you guys need anything, you know, I just wanted to contribute to the. Just to, make the, the introduction, know, make a connection. Yeah, it just, and also yeah. by me being a Tupac Shakur fan the way I was, 
um, I just wanted to contribute to his legacy, you know, in a way where I could say, you know, I, I did that. Pac would have been very pleased if you would have knew me personally, if you known I did this, you know, yeah. and of course things line up, you know, um, his family become, they reached out to me. I'm really, even to this day, even to this day, shout out to Bill Bang, which is Tupac's older cousin. He's on a lot of different platforms right now doing interviews. Mala, Kenny Black, Bastro was a good friend of mine. Um, just the whole family. We all, they all reached out and came by and we just worked together. I started working with the Outlaws. You know, Lazy Bone was already, we was already connected prior to me moving to Atlanta. So when I moved to Atlanta, found out he was in Atlanta, we started running together a lot, you know, back and forth to each other cribs, you know. Uh, Lazy had a big mansion out there at the time with a studio at the, in, the, in his in his bottom of his uh, basement. So he had, but I had my studio at my apartment. So, but he would like to get out and come to my spot and record some time yeah. to get away from the house. So we kind of had the brotherly thing going on. And then he got the word to work on a Tupac song, which was the Rose. And we recorded it at my spot. Awesome. We recorded at my spot. Um, and what's crazy about that, that kind of locked me in between the two, between the Bone Thugs and the Tupac movement and the outlaw movement because they, you know, they Lazy had a relationship with them already through his management, Steve Lobel. Shout out to Steve Lobel. And they was already working. I think Steve worked with Pac when Pac was alive at the time. And they all the connection was there. You know, I was yeah. pretty much an umbrella of some OGs at the time. And, you know, I got my opportunity. They gave me the credit. You know, they they put me on that. Then when I met Afeni, when it came out, they had an opening a ribbon cutting at the the center. You know, I think at the time the center wasn't open until this album came out. And when the album came out, it had the ribbon cut, and I was there. I was able to meet Afeni. It was amazing. She looked at me. She was like, "Are you Chista?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she was like, she just kept looking at me, saying, "That shit hot. That shit hot." And, you know, she was like, how are you doing? And she was just so gracious. And she was like, she heard about the Katrina at the time. Katrina had, had happened and she yeah. thought it was from Orleans. And she was like, is your family okay? Let me know if you need anything. And she would just show me love. We took a few shots, a few photos at the time. Social media wasn't around at the moment. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, the pictures were truly just like for you, for you to have. And yeah, like look yeah, back on yeah, it and show it. Much. Yeah, but, you know, I wanted to screenshot it and put it on social media years later, you know. Um, she 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 signed the CD. She's autographed the CD for me. I, I asked her for that personally and just, and I still got it to this day, man. And, uh, you know, and then another time, one of my homeboys in Atlanta, Marcus, shout out to Marcus, man. He was a, he was a messenger. So he came by and uh, he was always come by my crib because he was one of the guys that responded to me when I went to the center. And was like, hey, yo, you know, he always, he was really cool. He became one of my close partners and he used to work with her. He was her messenger. And so one day he called me, he was like, hey, man, you won't believe what I'm sitting next to. And he put her on the phone and she remembered me. She's like, hey, G, how you doing? And she, the only thing she said, I, I'm going to send something to you. I, I got something for you. I'm going I'm to I'm send something to you. I'm like, okay, okay. And next thing you know, man, Marcus come back. He come over to my crib like 20 minutes later and, he bring me some good bud, <laughs> some weed. And I'm like, man, this weed from Fafini Shakur. And I'm like, oh, snap, you know. But God bless her, man. She was so, so yeah. gracious, man. She was so gracious. Good people, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, awesome experience. It seems like a great family, great experience Absolutely. in general. Absolutely. And I want to get into, you You mentioned Lazy Bone and all that. And you, you end up making like a joint album with him uh yes. we work in what was the experience like to sort of get like the the validation or like the the belief in someone who also had like a big name in the music space it was it was easy um because me and him click clack i was already the g-stuff before i met them you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying i was yeah. already ballers known in my city you know, I, I worked with BG at the time. Shout out to BG. He just got out of jail and he's out here in Vegas doing his thing, trying to get, get back. But 
Me and him made a splash for him on some stuff. I did some production for him. And, uh, you know, but me and Lazy already was connected prior to, you know, me moving to Atlanta through my big brother, Drago. Shout out to Drago. He's out in Cali. He was one of the main producers who worked on the Creeping on the Come Up and the, uh, the East 99 album and all of those albums. And uh, the, the big albums, the huge albums. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so me and Lazy click clack when I got to Atlanta. We clicked up there and, you know, he, he's lived there. Like I said, we was back and forth to each at the crib. He wanted to work with me and we just started working. Um, a lot of the records came about just by one of the moments where we just coming up with stuff and we just making records. Wasn't no direction. We ain't saying that we're going to do an album. It wasn't nothing like that. We was just it, all kicking. Yeah, hanging out, making music. I had the studio at my crib. You used to come over there. Everybody came to my crib. My house, my crib became a cornerstone for everybody. I used to have all kind of artists come through there and stuff. And, you know, everybody just came and kicked it. We, we you know, had a good time, party, and recorded, you know, and, and it was a good life at the moment. Um, and the whole album was generated, you know. We, me and Lay, he, me and Lay had a, a, a relationship like, I would, I would, it was like this, right? If he was recording something and I didn't like the way it sounded, instead of people would, the average guy would be like, that's cool because that's Lazy Bone and he's a multi platinum artist. Yeah. No, nah, I'm going to stop him. Hey, man, I'll stop him in the middle of what he's doing is to say, and he'll contest to this. He'll tell you the same thing. And he, this is why he loved me so much because I, I would make sure he's sharp. It's like iron sharp and iron. You know, and we always connected on, even with me and Crazy Bone. I remember being in the studio with him working on the Strength and Loyalty album with Swiss Beats. And it was just me and him in the studio with the engineer. And he was in there rapping. And I would just coach him through it. Like, yo, say that like this. Say it like that. Because maybe I'm a huge Bone fan at the time. And I knew how it's supposed to sound coming yeah. from those individuals. But they would respect my, they, they, they would do records and come to me first. Oh, gee, I want you to check this out. What you think about this? It will value my opinion about it. So that goes back to the relationship with me and Lay. We have that kind of intuition with each other. We have that kind of, you know, creative well, yeah. vibe. He, with each other. he respected I mean? that you were actually giving your honest opinion. You weren't just like a yes man. Yeah, but he knew. But he also. Being. But he also respect me as an artist and a producer too. Yeah. Like he's a big fan of the Gista as well. You can you can ask him right now. These things, you know. Maybe when this interview come out, you know, he'll see it and he'll definitely validate to it. He's he's a huge fan of the Gista. He always been a fan of me. And and I respect that because just as much as the love that I gave to him, I got it back. And that's how that whole project, because it was a respect thing. It wasn't a thing about, you know, he trying to sign me or put me under his wing. Or, uh, he didn't have to do that yeah. with me because I was already, like I said, Gista is so stimulus entertainment when we click clack. So it was more of a partnership and it was more of an equal type situation. You know what I mean? Because and on top of that, like he said, you know, uh, you know, he'd tell you like, like he told somebody in an interview, you know, geez, to go walk away from it and come back and still be relevant because he's that talented. You know, when he said that, 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 and he told that to somebody else in the interview and I was yeah. like, whoa, my brother feel like that about me. That's big him to say that i'm honored i'm definitely honored because this is a great this guy i've been to the mountaintop yeah. and he's getting back so for him to do that you know that was a very much so honor honorable moment for me and you know you take you don't take those things you know for a grain of salt you, you got to yeah. take that some people would take it and let it run in their head but i took it as an honorable moment and just stood on that and, and continued to be great and got better at even better than what i was at that moment you know, um, but that album came about, you know, just kicking it, man. We just, just, we just was doing records, plenty of them. Yeah. And then we did also did records that that came out in the industry at the time. I did. I remember we did the um, uh, and recorded this at my crib. Let me mind you, this we did this album. We did this record, uh, Mariah Carey. Don't forget about us. You remember okay. that joint? Yeah, yeah. And there was that, a remake that was at your house. We recorded we recorded that at my house. I didn't know they sent it out and then I think Joel Santana hopped on it as well. And you know, but it was a remix with Crazy Bone and Lazy yeah. Bone. Lazy Bone did this part by my house. 
And then I think Cray had his part on that. No, Lazy Bone did his part at my house. We sent it to Cray. He did it where he was. You know, it was a digital age. So yeah, everybody yeah. had to be in the same. Like when they was in the studio with Big, when they did that record with Big, they was there together. You know what I'm yeah. saying? With Pac, when, you know, when they did Thug Love with Pac, him and Busy was already in the studio doing them stuff together. But, you know, now it's a digital age, so you could just send it off. and Yeah, you hey, put it in an me. email. Hey, send yeah. me back your verse on this. They send it back, like, the next day or something. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's how that was going. Then we did we on, we did that one. We did Frankie J. We did a record for Frankie J. We did Twister. I know we did the record for Twister. I remember that one, and it came out. I heard it. I'm like, damn, they did that for my crib. Then we did uh, Avant. 12 four minutes remix that was over there at my crib then we also recorded the album between the outlaws and uh and dead prayers at the time can't sell okay. dope that, that was an independent project that they did but it was the outlaws and dead prayers and we recorded yeah. majority of that album by my crib too at, at, at that time so i was doing a lot of big projects it, it, it was the spot it was the studio yeah <laughs> yeah time. i was i had my hands on a lot of big 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 records at the time man and you know I just didn't go pursue a record deal on my own. You know, it came a little bit later, but when I, when I got around to it, it just, it wasn't right. You know, I still yeah. got that dog contract to this day. I wanted to burn it because it was a setup, man. You know, the, the industry is a, a very strange place. You got to be careful with what you sign. And <laughs> Very careful. You'll be in a compromising situation when you really don't have to be there. You know, yeah. and the problem is, you know, a lot of people take the shortcut. You know what I mean? So when you take the shortcut, you're going to find yourself in a compromising situation where you might, you know, there is another avenue that you could have took. It just might take you a little longer. Ain't nothing wrong for, for going on and grinding it out. You know, that's yeah. what we're supposed to do. But when you take the shortcut, they got you. And that's that's the problem with a lot of the, uh, the industry today. It is, but it's been going on for centuries, forever. You oh, know? Yeah. It's been going yeah. on forever. And, and there are times also where it's like, yeah, it's a shortcut to short-term success but then when it comes around and you realize the situation that you've gotten yourself into it ends up hurting you in the long run and it puts Absolutely. you right back at where you were if not like worse if not lower um and yeah, so yeah. some people have to take that shortcut because they don't have long-term talent yeah you can might can make it's... one or two records but can you follow up that's the point you know only what they say Many are called, but only a few is chosen. Yeah. You know it's, it's one thing to make one song, one hit that like everyone loves her a bit, but it's a, a completely different skill set to have consistent success over Absolutely. years and years. Absolutely. Mm. I believe that because I got like independently, I have over 10 albums done. And I believe if any one of these albums would have been mainstream, then this conversation would be different. You know, because yeah. of the longevity and what I've done throughout the course of the years of being a complete all-around hip-hop musician. I'm going I'm to say musician, not an artist, because I'm, I'm all of that. I'm a musician. I'm a yeah. producer, hip-hop artist. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a CEO. Yeah. I'm a, you know, I'm this, I'm that. You know, I'm a facilitator of my own stuff. You know, so it became, I became more of an independent uh, enigma. That's the word to use, enigma. Yeah. And um, and it's it's the the albums themselves would probably be different from like the record having the record label having a say or having some control over the project rather than it truly just being like you and whoever else is involved uh, without the pressure of you know absolutely that's the pleasure people it, up in the record label. Absolutely. You just hit it right on the dot right there because that's the thing. Like, you know, at this point in my career, I'm like really, really good, man. I have no stress. I'm doing these records to the point where, you know, I'm just, like I said, I have a certain type of direction that I'm going with this specific album that I'm doing. And I'm really taking my, I know I want to, me, myself, I'm putting myself on a time span, me. I'm putting a discipline on yeah. myself, but I want to make sure that this album is everything. You know what I mean? And with that being said, you have to have the creative space without the pressures from anybody saying, 
but hey, I need this album done by March 20th, uh, uh, February the 2nd. And you know, we, we got to hurry up. Oh, no, because it's yeah. going to come out when it's ready to come let, out. Let, let the process happen and it will Absolutely. end up being ready and be better. And it's it's funny that like they're they're putting these deadlines on or they'll they'll like give the label's opinion on an album and it ends up being proven like completely wrong like i remember um uh, a while back i was watching a documentary about um billy eilish and it was it, it wasn't about any one particular like album but just like a couple years of her life and when she came out with like her uh debut album like what it, the the big one that went on the grammys um and the one that had bad guy on it she uh th they were like they were showing footage from talking to the label people um and they go back to the house and her brother was like yeah so the label says that they don't hear a hit record on this song like they don't hear any hit songs on here and then lo and behold they release it and it becomes like one of the biggest albums of the year like it crushes at the grammys things like that and it's like wow. it, it it's really when you just let the artists do their thing that's probably gonna end up being better than the label trying absolutely. to get involved absolutely and, because they know what they're looking for they the artists already know like what direction like i'm saying like i'm telling you now i know what direction i want to go with this and nobody can't tell me what i'm hearing yeah, but I guarantee you, when I put it out there, I guess the biggest fight is to put out what you want to out there, man. Yeah. And what's coming out of your brain and what's coming out of your creative process, you know, and putting it out there, you know, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do, man, to fight for that right. You know, I guess that's what we fight for as especially like uh with, with dealing with labels and stuff like that. Cause we the biggest thing is to fight for what we we create because yeah. they think. From they think it from a dollar bill point of view, but you're thinking from it from you're thinking from it for this is what the people need. You're 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 doing it in terms of creativity, what comes naturally to you, things like that. And they're looking for a formula. They're looking for something that exactly. will exactly. by some some weird stat like go well commercially and make them money. Exactly. And, they they looking at it like you know what's what's going to make me a dollar right now. It's, What's if if this record is that good and somebody had to choose whether to buy a sandwich or buy this record, what would they buy this record in that situation? That's what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And, and if, they, if they ain't standing going by that record before I go buy me a Big Mac or whatever from give me a sandwich, then they don't feel like it's good enough. And that's not necessarily true. That's not necessarily true. Yeah. Because music grows on all music grows on everybody different. You know and what and I mean? can Some grow is, over time. Also, there's no need for exactly, instant success. Exactly. Exactly. And if you if you really pay attention to it, those records that grows over time be the ones that stand the test of time. You can pick those records up five years from now, yeah. and you'll still be able to the same sensation as you when you first hit you like, whoa, whoa. Oh, I forgot about this one. Oh man, I like his mom. For some reason, this is starting to get to me. And Next thing you do, like the whole album. Yeah. The whole album. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you you go forward a bit in your career. 2015, you come out with Don't Shoot the Messenger with DJ Black and Official. To, and, and the album as a whole is talking about like all these important social issues of the time. What does it mean to you that you got this opportunity to just make an album of like what? you wanted to put out like things important to you um rather than just making like a commercial hit that album was a powerful album that's probably one of my personal favorite albums i ever did mm -hmm. these shout out to dj magnificent he's my brother from way back me and niff niff was a part of the process when our studio when i first got with my uncle back in the early 90s niff was there he okay. was one of the guys that um, was doing production at a young age. He was doing real hip hop tracks. You know what I'm saying? He was yeah. sampling. He would put the drums behind it. He knew how to work the, the board I had learned was I was working on. And I learned everything from him. 
far as production wise, far yeah. as production. Um, he was on, he was involved with some hit records in New Orleans at the time. Like I was there in the studio recording it and the next week the record on the radio and it's the number one record. Everybody in the schools, cause we was young, we was kids. Yeah. Everybody in school was on it. Niff did, he did the beats on this stuff. Um, don't shoot the message that came about me and Niff wind up hooking back up. We wind up bumping to each other in Houston. This was when I wound up going to Houston in 07 or something like that. Um, we wind up um, going to meet. I was actually with Bone, okay? It was me. I was yeah. with Bone Thugs at the time. And we wound up going to the spot out there in Houston, and Niff was DJing. He was DJing the joint. And next thing you know, we seeing each other, and oh, man. Blah, 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 and it's just, you know, reuniting, and you see me with them guys, and he knew I was in the right you know, in the right place yeah. with my career yeah. at the time. If I'm running in a spot with Bone and then I introduce him to them. And so it was crazy. Um, but later on, we didn't jump on it right then and there. We waited a few years before we actually got together on the music side. And, you know, I was moving around. I was doing these records and we, we hooked up, we talked and, you know, we talked about doing these, these well, actually I, I asked him to send me a track, right? I was going to talk about this particular topic on the song. I was in artist mode at the time and I wanted to do something with him, even though I could produce my own stuff, but he's where I learned this stuff from. So it'll be an honor yeah. to just take what I gained over the years since, you know, we wasn't together and put it to my present stage where we at yeah. right now. He was still active and he sent me this track and, and this, this song is on that album. It's called Blacknificent. Um, I was gonna rap about this girl that was lost and turned out, kind of like the whispers, lost and turned out, you know, those songs like that. And yeah. you know, I was gonna rap about that. But then something just told me, you need to rap about Niff. Rap about him. Give him his flowers. So I just went down memory lane, you know, and I mind you, when I rock, when I do records and I record myself, I don't write my music, I don't write nothing on paper. I just get in front of the mic and rap. Okay. You know what I mean? Whatever flow, however it come out, I'm able to do yeah. that because I mastered my craft. So if I'm, da, 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 you know, I'm rapping like that, I could do that easy. You know, I rap the album we working. I rap that like that with lazy. You know, that was one thing. He was like, man, you don't write no rhymes or nothing. And you still keep up. I'm like, yeah, you know, it ain't nothing but a thing to me, right? But going back to the subject at hand, me and Nif, I, I, I went down memory lane, recorded this record, and I sent it to him. And he was speechless. I really gave him his flowers while he could hear it. And yeah. I don't think nobody ever thought about him like that, but he was a part of a movement in New Orleans, the Cycle War. Shout out to everybody from Cycle War. It was, it was like our Wu-Tang. Everybody in that crew was dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was hip hop, it was underground. They ran the underground hip hop scene in New Orleans. Um, so, you know, he was a part of that. He was a big part of that. Rod, shout out to Raj Smooth. Um, but Niff, we put that album together, man. He sent me a few tracks. I remember I was in New Orleans and I was on the road and I played them and I just, once again, I got into artist mode. I found my direction. When I got back to the crib in Houston, I recorded it by my uncle at the time. And I, re I did like three records in one night and I sent them to all three of them. And there was, it was flabbergasting. It was like, whoa, you you yeah. started. So you, then you, you, they were good record. <laughs> oh man, it was powerful. It was powerful. All three of them. And I, I felt the same way because, you know, you got to understand my recording process and how I lay it down and how it comes about. I don't write this stuff down. So when I'm able to just sit there and listen to the beat, and the beat tells me what direction to go. That's special, man, because it did that. And it just, you know, we just came up with the whole thing, the don't shoot the messenger thing as we recording it, you know, because the records was coming out like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there was some dope tracks that he sent over. And we just, we had recorded that. I recorded all of them vocals on that album, like maybe within a month, probably a week, probably okay. a week depends yeah. I, I just don't it, it like, just came came natural like it, it wasn't was, long 
It wasn't yeah. long. It wasn't no two, three months. It wasn't even a month. I don't, I don't recall. It probably was by two weeks tops that I did all of them vocals on that whole album. It was 12 joints, you know. Um, so I just did the records and then it took a minute before we got to mix them down. The record, the album was done months before we way put it out. We even got yeah. to mix it down and stuff. So it was, it was good, man. That was a, I love that album. I love awesome. that album. Yeah. And, and yeah. so in, in the past, that song, Black Nificent, you've said that that's your favorite song from that album. Is that still true? That that's like, I like the whole album. That's yeah. one of the standout ones because I know what I special it Just is. Just the meaning I, behind it. Yeah. I, I gave him his, I gave him his flowers and I went down memory lane. I literally like let it out. Like this is how it came out. You know, this is what happened. This is like, these things happen and this is how I grow. It, it went from the, I guess that one of the records when you start from a beginning, a plot, and an end. And that was yeah. one of those real complete songs with a beginning, because I started out down memory lane where it started from a plot, how I got to this point in the end, but where are we going? And tell you know the story. And how, much, and how much I appreciate you. You know, this is why this is like this. So it was, it was, it was powerful. Good record. Yeah. Great album. Yeah. Great album. Awesome. And and so, you know, your music career obviously is amazing. Like it, it would take us forever to sit here and go through everything. So, you know, know putting right? a pause on the on, on the music focused things. Living in uh New Orleans at the time, you 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 go through Hurricane Katrina. What was that experience like for you or just that time period? Like what what how did it affect you? Well, first of all, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia in 2003. Okay. I was in Atlanta, Georgia, stationary. And so all of my studio equipment and all of my personal belongings was in Stone Mountain, Georgia. When Hurricane Katrina hit, this is how the, this is how I connected to it. Well, first of all, my family was misplaced by it. My mama had eight feet of water in her house, you know, um, and if I wasn't there, my mama survived that? I don't think so. Um, I, my mama called me. I was in Atlanta. She was in Birmingham at the time. My mom was riding on the road with a quote unquote boyfriend at the time. So he was a truck driver. He called a stroke. It was, oh, this could have been the middle of the week. This could have been a Tuesday on the Wednesday. She called me, was like, hey, because mind you, Atlanta and Birmingham, Alabama is only an hour and a half, two hours away from each other. So she needed me to come to uh, Alabama to get the stuff off the truck to bring to the city, bring home to New Orleans. So I, my, my close, my brother, the Danny, shout out to the D-boy. He was, he came, rode with me at the time. He was living in Atlanta too, but he was, we was all from the same hood. So he drove with me. I stopped in Alabama, got the stuff, went down into the house in New Orleans, stayed there all the way till they got back from Alabama, which was that Friday. They got home that Friday night. I'm kind of gearing up to go back to Atlanta, yeah. for, you know, Sunday. The news ringing about, they got a storm on the way. Now, mind you, it's a beautiful day. It's a Saturday, the Saturday that before, it's, the sun was out. You're looking outside you, and you're like, are, are you sure there's a storm coming? Yeah, right? Because people started boarding up their windows and stuff and all of that. So, boom. That kind of, it, the night came, the night comes on that Saturday. I, I I didn't stay. I was out. I was out and about, right? My mama calls me five in the morning. Hey, I think we need to get out of here because da 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 the storm going boom, boom, boom. And mind you, it hadn't already hit Mississippi. Biloxi, mm -hmm. Mississippi, told Biloxi half. Katrina, this is Katrina. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad I was there because I was able to have another vehicle. I got my whole family, my sisters, my nieces, all of them. We took everything and we all went to Houston because if we would have went back east, we would have ran into the storm, right? Well, yeah. I was in Atlanta. So we went back. We were west to my uncle. My uncle was in Houston, my uncle Carl. And um, and that usually a ride from Houston to New Orleans would take five hours or something like that. Brother, that 
ride was 24 hours. We left at oh. 6 in the morning from New Orleans. Just East. from everyone trying to get out. Bruh, it was ridiculous. It was probably one of the most hectic moments of my life, honestly. And I done been through some stuff, you know, but this was crazy. It was hot. It was scorching hot down there. Um, the storm was moving around. People were running out of gas. It was very hectic, man. Um, so it took us 24 hours to get to Houston. When we got to Houston, it was like 6 in the morning the next day. Um, exhausted. I just kind of caught a little pallet on the floor and just crashed out because yeah. I was exhausted. I had been driving yeah. all that time in the heat. So when I woke up, it was like about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, central time. And they had the TV on. So I'm looking at the TV and I see... At the bottom of the screen, it says New Orleans 80% underwater. And they got the whole, the show, it was breaking news. That's all you saw yeah. on the news, every channel, that New Orleans was underwater. So this was a horror story, man. I'm like, oh, snap. So I still got my same phone number this day that I had back then, my 504 number. And I'm trying to call people, couldn't get through to nobody. All of the lines was jacked up and everything. It was a horror story, man. They had... The only thing we could do at the time was text. Mm -hmm. You know, emails wasn't really because everybody's phone was out of whack. And it was a disaster, man. Um, my mom and them lost everything. My mama house was eight feet underwater. My sisters and them lost everything. Everybody had to stay in, in Texas, in Katy, Texas, and start over. It was a very hectic time. I wound up getting a flight back to Georgia. I think Lazy Bone sent me a flight to go back to Georgia because I needed to get back to Atlanta. You know, it's yeah. kind of stuck. Houston with all of this going on. Definitely couldn't drive going back that way because everything was all, you know, in shambles. Yeah. You know, I flew back to Georgia and I didn't realize how horrific it was until I got back there and everybody was calling me like, hey, you all right? Because I still had, I had two phones at the time. So I had a phone in Georgia too. And it was crazy, man. Very, 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 very crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I wish sure. I had and and was it was there any moment like as you're coming in from the flight like looking out the window and being then just seeing all the like damage caused like when did it really hit you the like true extent of the damage when i went down that way um months later when i went down that way and drove because i think the all-star weekend was in houston the following year um Went through there and, and stopped at my mama's house. Was able to just push the door open and go in there with the lights and stuff, see the water on top of the ceiling and stuff like that, like the, the traces of the water. That's when it hit me like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. All the residue and the debris and stuff, you know, and it was bad, man. Yeah. Dang, I'm sure. I'm, yeah. And that, like, that's just, one of the worst things that can happen because there's nothing you can really do about it. like it's a hurricane it's a storm and like yeah. natural disasters of really any kind there's no like prevention for it you sort of just have to do what yeah. you can to prepare and then deal with the fallout of it but but let me trip you out with this so years later years later i become an insurance uh, insurance specialist and i'm gonna adjust that at the, at the same time so now i work storms <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when the storm, the hurricane hit, you know, I'm working the storms now. I'm, 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 I'm taking care of the insurance and stuff like that. So that's what my other career is outside of music, and it became mm -hmm. that years later. I'm talking about years later after Katrina. So it was this, it's, it's a trip. And then I guess it made me successful in that because I'd have been through the motions of, you know. You could, you could relate to the people that you're talking relate. And working with. Yeah, so that's what made me successful in that, you know, able to just kind of, but some situations, you know, like even with that, everybody not going to get paid for all the damages that happen. You know, if there's no storm created opening, then guess what? They're not going to pay. That's just what the insurance company are and the policies that you buy. Um, you know, so but that's another conversation. <laughs> that's another conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, let's let's start getting back into the music again. You know, yeah. things like that. Do you like? It? Okay, let's say someone's listening to this. You know, they're they're a 
pretty big rap fan. They know Bone Thugs and Harmony and stuff like that, but they haven't listened to any of like your stuff personally. If they want to get into it, what song would you sort of recommend for them to as like a first listen or a first introduction into G stuff? You know what? I'm gonna say this: Classic Status is the one that's out right now, the newest, the latest one, and I'm yeah. gonna tell you why. Because even with the younger artists, and the older artists are gonna love it. They they all love it. The DJs, I get love from DJs all the time. I just had a DJ reach out to me yesterday on Instagram. Love the record. Mm -hmm. um, that record gives you a glimpse of what hip hop's supposed to be. If I had to tell somebody. If somebody asks me how a rap record is supposed to be, a hip-hop record, or authentic hip-hop record, I would point them to classic status because it's all of those elements in that one record. And it's new school and old school. So I would highly recommend them without. And it also is going to give them another version of me too because when you open Pandora's box, you go into my whole catalog, you're going to see that. Okay, he's not just that type of rapper, but he's this type of rapper. He's got all kind of good music you know you get on a reggae style you got something with Raziendo and shout out to Raziendo he's a bunch of Belizean um, artists you know he's a making reggae artist you know we got records with this one and that one I got records with Jada Kiss Lil Webby you know all of them guys you know shout out to Jada Kiss and Lil Webby man I got records with all of those guys so Cassidy shout out to Cassidy you know he's the homies man yeah yeah awesome and if I mean, you've already, I mean, some of these names that we've brought up throughout our conversation, like you've already worked with all-time talents, but if you got this sort of opportunity to work with any artist in the world, who would you want to produce a song for or work with in the studio? That's a good question, man. Wow. So many of them. Um, I would love to work with Kendrick on something. I like Kendrick vibe. Um... I'm thinking of some older artists. I can't think of nobody right off the top of my head that, but it's so many of them. I know it is a lot of them. I just, it's off the top of my head, man. Cause see, when I, when I, when I, when I, when I think about this, I want to do something special with that artist. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know that my style would be more compatible with what they're doing. You know what I mean? So like Kendrick is one of them that I could think of off the top of my head that I know for a fact we're definitely even J. Cole, Big Crit, I love Big Crit because he do the same thing that I do. He, he's a producer and he spit, you know. Um, matter of fact, I want to do an album with Big Crit. I want to do a whole album with him. He's dope. Um, wow, man, there's so many of them, man. I would have loved to work with DMX. I would have yeah. loved yeah. Um Wow. I like Benny the Butcher. I like what he's doing. I like uh, Nas. I love Nas. I like Jeezy too. I like Young Jeezy. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of more some more international artists. I like Tim's. She's dope. You know, she got the Afro beats movement yeah. going. You know, yeah. Uh, R and B, uh, R and B. Like I have a I have a history of R and B records. I work with shout out to Eli Tate, New Orleans own. Um, I produced big old portion of the album at nineteen years old. R and B, straight baby making music, man. And but they don't they don't make that kind of records no more, man. So it's kind of yeah. hard for me to say, you know who you know whatever whatever for is that. But I guess they would have to come you know down to just catching a vibe with that particular artist and yeah. doing that. I love I love reggae music and stuff, you know. Um, I'm starting. I'm, I like bands. I like folk bands, you know. But then you know those are older guys. Those are older musicians, you know. But if I could go back and recreate, I tried to capture that moment on a lot of my production. Yeah. Um, like the the live feel and stuff. Yeah, like that. Re recording so, instruments and needing to produce yeah. that, like rather than just using like a keyboard and a beat machine, you got. Like you're yeah. in the studio setting up microphones, things like that. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like that's how I grew up. Like in our studio, I was all around musicians all mm -hmm. the time. So I could go get Uncle Roy. I could get Uncle Daryl. I could go get, you know, Uncle G and play the drums. And, hey man, please. And I was around this stuff. Even my my uncle Carl. And he was the greatest. He was one of the greatest guitarists ever. And yeah. go these guys and 
And um, shout out to Scarface, Brad Jordan, AKA, he's my he's my ex-brother-in-law, you know, he's family. Um, but he just did the Tiny Desk um, thing on, on, the, yeah. on RG. Tiny Desk country, um, yeah. Nominee. And I always knew he was a guitar player. He's a real musician. So by him doing that, you know, just to showcase the style, he's he's phenomenal, amazing. Yeah. And yes. and so you know, you you got classic status. It's sort of this homage to old. Yes. Yeah, it has new school aspects, but it's an homage to like older rap. The the yeah, even yeah, in the greats that came before you. What's yes next for you or what's what can people expect coming up i got i win it's the next single that's coming out actually shout out to money shot chris he the one um the la create film crew they the one shot classic status video um we're getting ready to shoot the next single is called i win hashtag i win very powerful record very inspirational um fire hip-hop record fire you got the up tempo is you know and i'm rapping I'm rapping like Big Daddy Kane on it. You know, I'm giving you, once again, I'm going back to the elements of, you know, that real hip hop theory, you know. Um, but that's the next record. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Everybody around me excited about this one. Even my guy, Butch Bradley, he's a, a comedian, an international comedian. Shout out to Butch Bradley out here in Vegas. Um, he, he's, I'm trying to get him to be a part of the video, to do some skits in the video, all some comedy yeah. stuff. It's, it's, we got uh, we got some support for it, man. And uh, yeah, we we getting ready to shoot that. That's the next thing. And then rolling out the album, working on the album. Um, you know, in here, been working in here since the new year started. You know, and banged out three bang, brand new tracks, and I'm very excited about these. So just trying to roll out the album and finish this album, man. You know, yeah, I'm looking awesome. for a spring release. I'm looking for more of a spring release his album so if i could once again they go to timetable on myself if i could get these records done and mixed by the spring then i'm doing great well and it's good to have that like self-implemented like like a goal rather than a deadline like yes. you're looking at a spring release but then if it gets closer and it may not happen you're like you know what? that's fine i'll just make a bit later like it's not it's not a hard thing that has to happen it's just a goal or a guideline that you can set absolutely absolutely you got it man you understand the assignment my dude <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome well i'll definitely keep an eye out for that and keep an eye out for any videos singles coming out before then and so the the last thing that i sort of want to do before wrapping up is i have this segment that i like to do called know your stuff where i'm just gonna play quick snippets or like bits of your songs and the first part is just name the song you know like try to figure out what it is and secondly just tell us something like anything about it either what went into it like the story behind it just something we may not have gotten to in our conversation okay all right right here's the first one <laughs> you know that one <laughs> So that's Don't Shoot the Messenger. That's the intro. Yeah. Niff sent me that track. Well, I've been, he sent me that track first, right? And he was like, just go hard. Just just go hard. Just go, go hard. for it. Yeah, just just go hard. Just 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 make your entrance. So that was the intro for that album. Uh that's that's what went into the album. Now I just went in there and just banged out, you know, just started about being the the, the purpose, you know, in, in, yeah. in other words, it's rapping about why I'm the purpose of being a messenger. This is why. Yeah. It, it, this is what it's, I've been through, this is why. Yeah, it fits its role of being the intro to the album, getting listeners ready for what's to come. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, Absolutely. well, here's the, the next one. Wow. That's me, lazy. <laughs> How you make it hard for a hustler? Once again, yeah. me and him was working on records. I produced that one too. Um, I produced that record. I tracked. Um, we was in the studio. We was at the crib, and we just was banging out, you know. And I think at the time Katrina had just happened, you know. Okay. I think yeah, it had just happened. So it was a lot of pain and fury from that. If you if you pay attention to the lyrics in that, you know, I really dressed that, you know. 
Um, so it was just like, here we is, you know? So why you got to make it hard for me? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, telling us about Hurricane Katrina, you know, your amazing career working with Black Nificent, Shakur's, just everything. Uh, your Thank music, you. your, you know, anything else that you do, anything you want to shout out or promote, feel free to do it now. Well, you know, I got the website, www.sostimulusent.com. Um, you can follow me on social media, gsta underscore G, that's on Instagram, Twitter. I got my own, I got the Facebook music page, gsta official music page, you know, um, and just Google me, man, <laughs> pretty much, you know. Uh, you Google G apostrophe STA. You know, and you'll see all of my stuff up there. But definitely, so stimulusent.com is the way you definitely, that's my house. So you go there and get all the exclusives and everything that's coming. You'll, you'll see it all. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll leave a link to some of that down below. And thank you so much again for coming on. It's been great. Absolutely. My pleasure, man. Thanks a lot.